Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you were with us last week, you remember that Jesus told the disciples to get into a boat and push off to the other side. And while traveling to the other side, don't you remember, give me your attention, while traveling to the other side, there was a collision that happened because we had the cold air coming down from Mount Hermon and we had the warm air from the Sea of Galilee and they collided together And that caused a storm on the Sea of Galilee as Jesus and his disciples disciples were getting to the other side. And Jesus, the Bible tells us, was asleep in the boat. And Peter, pardon me, Mark tells us that Jesus was asleep on a pillow. Now, that indicates that Jesus was very sleep. He wasn't just taking like a cat nap. It implies that he was really in like REM state sleep. And the disciples woke him up and because they were fearful of the storm and they were faithless and they woke Jesus up and they said, Master, Master, we perish. Now, I find that to be very interesting at that they wake Jesus up to complain. Are you listening? They wake Jesus up to complain that they're going to die. Good thing I'm not Jesus. Because. If you wake me up to complain, I'll probably throw you over, <laughs> but I'm not God. So they wake Jesus up and they say, Master, we're going to perish. Jesus calmly, you know the story, Jesus calmly stood up and he said to the storm, be muzzled, be still. And the waters were calm and the disciples were standing there. We left them last week as they were standing there scratching their heads, saying, who could this be? For he commands even the winds and the waters and they obey him. So last week, Jesus and his disciples, they run into a collision or a storm. And this morning we come to another collision. But this time, when good collides with evil, Luke chapter 8 Beginning in verse 26, saints, if you're looking at it, say amen. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite where? Right. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes. He was naked. Nor did he live in a house, but in tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out, he fell down before him, and with a loud voice, he said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. 
For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him. And he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Isn't that interesting? Driven by the demon. Demons will drive you. Jesus, the good shepherd, will lead you by the still waters. Demons drive you. They drove him into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him in verse 30, are you looking at it? Jesus asked him and said, what is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him that he would, would you circle this in your Bibles? That he would permit them to enter them. And he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. When those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and they told it in the city and in the country. And then they went out to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and they found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus. Can somebody read it with me? Clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they also, who had seen it, told them by what means he had been demon-possessed, was healed. Then the whole multitude, perplexing, verse 37, the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the gatherings asked Jesus to depart from them. Things that make you go, hmm. For they were seized with great fear, and he got into the boat and he returned, Jesus did, Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. If you've been with us in our study in Luke, you know that the disciples has seen Jesus Lord over sickness. Remember last week's sermon title was Lord over all. They had seen Jesus Lord over sickness, Lord over disease, Lord over death, and now they see him Lord over demons. Notice again in verse 26. Go ahead and peruse it again, if you will. Jesus and his disciples step out of the boat and on dry land in Gadara or the land of the Gadarenes. It's also known in the Bible as the land of the Gergesenes, all the same place. Located about five miles southeast of the Sea of Galilee, 11 miles straight across to Capernaum. Now, I get the impression that the disciples get out of the boat, and remember, they had just come out of this really tumultuous storm. And I get the impression they just come out of the boat after Jesus had told the sea to be muzzled and they're walking behind Jesus and they're they're probably still in shock. I mean, Jesus just stood up and said to the storm, be muzzled. And it stopped. And they're probably still in shock, walking on dry land, walking behind Jesus. And they're probably saying, man, did you see that? That he just spoke to the storm and and everything, bam, everything just kind of stopped. It was awesome. It was awesome. And while they are walking on the 
dry land or on the beach. Did you get this? A demon-possessed man greets them on the beach. He walks up to Jesus and says, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Listen. Did you notice Jesus at this point? He hadn't said a word. Did you get that? He just showed up. And when Jesus showed up, the demon said to him, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, the son of the most high God? It was the demon who spoke to Jesus first. In other words, the very presence of Jesus freaked out the demons. Don't you know that demons tremble at the name of Jesus? Don't you know there is power in the name of Jesus? Well, y'all need some coffee. Because if y'all need some coffee, I'll have some bought right in. There is power in the name of Jesus. I want you to clap your hands like you mean it, would you? <laughs> There's power. That's why, that's why we have to, listen, that's why we have to continue to talk about Jesus. We cannot talk about God anymore. We are past that in our culture. You can't talk about God Because God, to some people, is a head of lettuce. Some people, they are their own God. You got to talk about Jesus. You got to say the name. There's power in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Somebody help me, please. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's in his name. The demons know that. They show up and they start to freak out at the presence of Jesus. Now, as you put the gospel stories together, saints, if you're taking notes, write this down. It's in Matthew chapter 8 and also in Mark chapter 5. You put the gospel accounts together. We learn a few things about this man. First of all, we don't know his name. He goes unnamed. In verse 27, it tells us, you can go ahead and look at it. It tells us that he was from that city. He lived outside the city in a cemetery among the tombs. He lived among the dead. Listen, demons are comfortable among that which is dead. I am uncomfortable among that which is dead. Can I get an amen? I am uncomfortable. Why? Because I'm alive. I'm uncomfortable, but demons are comfortable around that which is dead. Now, it was in Matthew chapter 8. It tells us that there were actually two demon-possessed men, and these demon-possessed men were so fierce that people were afraid of them. As a matter of fact, people wouldn't even walk by their tombs because they were so fierce And they were so evil and so angry, people wouldn't take the road that goes by their tomb. So what the townspeople did, are you listening? They built a road around the tombs so that they wouldn't have to walk in front of the tombs. We know the Bible tells us that this man was bound with chains and he was he he would just pull them apart and no one could tame him. Mark chapter 5 tells us that this man would scream all day and all night. Can you get this? He would scream all day and all night, and this demon-possessed man was a cutter. A cutter. A cutter. Don't we hear a lot about 
cutters today in our culture, I can tell you that people who cut themselves and all this talk about cutters and anybody know what y'all know what cutters are, right? People that cut their, their own selves with whatever. That is demonically influenced. To cut yourself, to harm yourself, to damage the body that God gave you is demonic influence. And don't you know, you, 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 that's not new. You know, we hear about all this cutting stuff and all this research and going into the thought of people cutting themselves. That stuff's not new. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. This man was a cutter. As a matter of fact, one of the gospel tells us that, that sometimes these, these, these demon-possessed people would take stones and literally gouge out their eyes. This is demonic activity, people. Now, some theologians, some liberal theologians, are y'all listening? Some liberal theologians will tell you that there's no intelligent evil being called the devil. They tell you the idea of the devil is just a personification of the evil impulses that lie within. They tell you the concept of an evil being like the devil is from a primitive society, but we don't need to fear their superstitions. Listen, these liberal theologians, they don't believe in the devil, but the Bible does. Jesus does, God does, and I do. Anybody, anybody else? I do. I do. And I believe, listen, Satan is having a field day with our Western logical minds. Interesting. We will believe our country, our culture, I speak for the U.S., we will believe anything ridiculous concerning the supernatural. I was just talking to my wife, telling them first and second, I tell you third. I was just talking to my wife yesterday because I go over my sermons with my wife before I preach them. In case I say anything crazy, she can tell me. and You know, I'll say something. She'll go, uh-uh, don't say that. I'll go, okay. What about this? Nah, don't say that either. What about this? So I'm sitting there talking to my wife and, and she's telling me, I didn't even know this, but there is a Yet another reality show. Like, that's just what we need, another reality show. Like, we need a hole in the head. There is yet another reality show. This one's called Ghost Hunters. Has anybody heard of them? This is called Ghost Hunters. And some of y'all acting like y'all know what I'm talking about. Listen, it's okay if you're a Christian to have a TV. Okay, some of y'all from the old school, y'all like, I don't want to admit I'm in church. I got a TV, because remember back in the old school, if you had a TV, you were the devil. So it's okay to have a TV. Pastor has a TV. I got a flat screen. Okay. So anybody heard of the show called Ghost Hunters? Anybody? See, every service, the same thing. Look at this. Now you know what I'm talking about. So Elvira, now I haven't heard of this new show called The Ghost Hunters, but these are people. This is beyond my comprehension. These are people who go and hunt ghosts. This is beyond my comprehension, really. I mean, really, 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 really beyond my comprehension. Let me tell you something. If a demon is over there, Pastor Rodney will be going that way. Can I get a witness? Anybody know what I'm talking about? If the demon is over there, I will go through the wall. If there's a ghost over there, I will go through this screen. You like the cartoon where you see the body and it goes through like that? That's what I'm like, poof. Amen. 
I don't want none of Well, there are these people and the guys on this show, get this now, Elvira's telling me these ghost hunters, they, they, this show called Ghost Hunters. I'm like, get out of here. She goes, yeah, I, I Googled it. I had to go find out. So I went and Googled it and I did some research background on the two guys who star in this show. And turns out both of them by, by night, they go and hunt demons and take pictures and all this stuff. And by day, they are plumbers. <laughs> they work for Roto-Rooter. So these demons, they go, they go take pictures. They're hunting for demons and, 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 and looking for things. And we are so gullible in our country. You know, people will say, oh, that's interesting. Oh, the paranormal, the parapsychological. Oh, that is, that's interesting. You're intelligent if you do that kind of thing. If you study at a major university like Stanford or Harvard and, and, and you major in parapsychology, you're considered intelligent. People bending nails with thought and telepathy and ESPN. <laughs> I mean, ESP, I'm sorry. ESP. And, 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 and poltergeist and all of that. And people say, oh, you're a genius. You're a genius. But listen, if you believe the Bible and if you believe what the Bible has to say about the supernatural, they say you're an idiot and you're a moron. Isn't that true? Well, listen, I am a self-proclaimed, if that be the case, I am a self-proclaimed moron because I believe what the scripture says about demons and the supernatural and the Bible. If you agree with that, clap your hands. Would you do that? I believe that. There is... It is insane to think that there is not a devil. There are some people who don't even believe that, the, like I said, they don't believe the devils exist. The Bible has a lot to say about Satan. If you're taking notes, you write this down. The Bible teaches us that Satan is a fallen angel. And according to Ezekiel 28 and Luke chapter 10, Satan is a fallen angel and the devil is a real person. And he goes by many names, Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, son of the morning, the adversary, the prince of the power of the air, the father of lies, the accuser of the brother, and the list goes on. And listen, saints, listen, contrary to popular teaching, Satan is not the opposite of God. Did you hear me? Satan is not the opposite of God. God has no opposite. God is God all by himself. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. God has no, you know what? And it flatters Satan for you to say, oh, he's the opposite of God. Satan is going, yes, 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 flatter me more. He knows he isn't. God has no opposite. God is God all by himself. God doesn't need the help of any one individual. There's nothing compared to him. Are you hearing me? There's nothing compared to God. He is God all by himself. Satan would be more of an opposite or a counterpart to Michael the archangel. If you study the Bible, every book of the New Testament has a reference to Satan, the devil, or demons. And if you don't believe in the devil, then you go argue with Job. Because Job said in Job chapter 1, verse 6, Job said, The angels come before the Lord, and Satan also came with him. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 uh, chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, Paul said, Christians aren't ignorant of Satan's devices. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter said, The devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And here in our text, Jesus is confronted with a real devil. And I see today in 
Christian circles, saints, listen to me close. I see today in Christian circles a preoccupation with Satan. You know, there are some people who almost find it enjoyable to hunt demons. And they see a demon behind every bush. And they see a demon in everything. The car breaks down. Oh, there ain't nobody but Satan. <laughs> Y'all know people like that too, don't you? You do. Or, or the microwave goes on a blink. They want to cast the devil out of the microwave. <laughs> Let's lay hands on the microwave. <laughs> Y'all know? They want to speak in tongues. Cast demons out. There's a demon behind every tree. Oh, look out for demons. Look out for Satan. You know, the children are acting crazy. Well, that really is a devil. We've been <laughs> Parents say, man, you know that's true. That's, that, that's kind of nuts. Now, don't get me wrong. Listen, I believe that demons can influence in the earthly realm. But de- look, Satan is not in everything, guys. We have Satan's in everything. Satan's not in everything. You know, and I've seen personally, on a personal note, I have seen people who were truly demon-possessed. And I will tell you this, if you ever see a person who is truly, or you encounter, experience a person who is truly demon-possessed, you will never want to see that again. I remember, I don't know, maybe I was two, three years in the ministry. I was green. I mean, I'm black, but I was green. Just wake y'all up. And uh, I had a very little ministry experience. And I remember one night I got a phone call about 11 o'clock. And this brother said, you know, Pastor Rodney, he says, I I don't know what to do. I believe my daughter's demon possessed. He says, "I, I need you to come over. He says, I got her tied up in her room. I mean, it was that bad. He says, I got her tied up in the room and I need you to come over. And and because she's demon possessed. And I said, and, and, he, and, and I didn't know what to do. I mean, I'm new in the ministry. And he's like, come, you got to come over now. And he says, I said, um, you want me to come over like, like now? <laughs> like, like in right now? He was like, yeah, right now. I was like, like in leave now? <laughs> and he said, yeah, I need you to come over now. I get over to their house and she truly is tied in her room, tied up. I didn't know what to do. But pray. Saints, I'll tell you something. When you don't know what to do, you do know to pray. And I prayed. I, I actually, actually, I'll be honest with you. I, I, was, I was so scared. I didn't know what to think. I'd never seen this before. I, got, I sat in a corner. The room was a 12 by 12, so it wasn't that big. And I sat in the corner on the floor and I prayed. And every obscenity you could think of, every evil thing you can think of, voices, various voices, just evil, spitting at me, uh, 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 too evil to even tell you about. And they took her to Dorothea Dix. I didn't know what to do. The police came, the ambulance came, they took her to Dorothea Dix. I went back to visit her about two days later. 
And I, me and Avar, we prayed, we prayed, we prayed for two days. I went back two days later and visited with her. And she was in her right mind enough to listen to me preach the gospel to her. I preached the gospel to her. She received Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And two days after that, she was discharged from, from Dorothea Dix. You need to clap your hands. Isn't that the Lord? Isn't that the Lord? She was set free. God set her free. And then she went on to become a missionary. You need to clap your hands again. I think that's awesome. And then she went on to get married. And God has been blessing that girl's life ever since. I've I've been in many different situations, even in the church, where people have been demon-possessed. We stayed up. We prayed all kinds of things. I can tell you this. I just want to tell you this. If you've ever been in that situation, you will not be demon hunting. You will not find it an enjoyable experience. There's something very, very, very evil about the whole situation. And I see people who are going to chase demons. I don't know if you've ever been to Dorothea Dix or you've ever been to a psych ward, have you? But if you ever have been, You go behind those doors and they lock those doors. I don't know about you, but if you're a Christian, you have a discerning spirit. You feel something very, very evil walking down that hallway. I've done it many times. There's something much more going on than mental illness. There's something very spiritual and supernatural going on. It's a very eerie experience. And so we don't want to underestimate the devil, but we don't want to overestimate him either. Notice we got to move forward in verse 29. So this man, are you looking at verse 29? So this man has been removed from his family, his friends, and he's driven into the wilderness. And one day he sees Jesus. And Mark tells us in Mark chapter five, when he saw Jesus, the very first thing he does, Mark tells us, is he worshiped him. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.